from Plus Size Magic Radio. Yay! So I'm here again with some heat for your speakers. As you know, each and every time I try to post an episode, we have a new voice coming to the speaker, a new little heat coming to your speakers. For my returning guests, what up, friends? To my new guests, hey, new friends, I appreciate y'all for being here. But I don't like to introduce our guests because, you know, I don't want to hold up the mic. I like to turn it over and let them introduce themselves. So without any further holdups, can you please introduce yourself to the good people listening? Yes, I am so excited to be here. I'm hyped for the conversation. I am Miss Jasmine Diane. I am a lifestyle influencer and I am a branding expert. So I work in social media by day and I talk about fashion, business, faith, and family um, by night. My husband was actually recently on this amazing podcast, Mr. Stephen G, hashtag Savage Bay, hashtag went viral, hashtag the man. So I'm excited to be here and a part of this conversation. Um, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, thank you, ma'am, for being here, Miss Ma'am. The first thing I want to ask you is how do you define your body? For my returning guests, you know, I asked this question because it's simply to help us identify who we are. This is a platform for us to share who we think we are, who we define as we are. So new listeners, this is an opportunity for you to learn more about the guests and when it comes to their body because of this platform. So for you, Ms. Jasmine, how do you define your body and why? Okay, I define my body as vivacious. Period. <laughs> vivacious and thick. Like I grew up skinny, skinny, five, six, 120 pounds. So when I started to fill out, I was so excited because I wanted a body. Like I was like, I want to be a video vixen. So anyways, got a little bit of that now and a little bit I'm trying to get rid of as well, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I say vivacious and thick. I'm a little bit fluffy. Come on now, <laughs> fluffy, vivacious, thick. I think it's really interesting that you said, you know, growing up, you used to be on the smaller side or being very skinny because a lot of times when I have talked to people, either they have been dealing with the fact that they've been, you know, plus size most of their life, or if they did try to gain weight or lose weight, it was always, they were something opposite of what they wanted to be. So for you to hear like, yeah, I was skinny and I wanted to, I wanted to have the body, you know, what does that feel like now being in a body that you wanted at one point in time? Like, how do you feel about that? Do you have reservations? Are you excited? Give me all that good stuff. I think it's a little bit of one excitement because it's like as I'm approaching 30 I feel like my body looks like an adult woman's body whereas when I was younger and just even right out of college I felt like I still had a teenage figure and it just didn't look how I wanted to look I wanted to feel I mean every time I go somewhere like not really every time but like the nails when I was like you look so young you know and just like by my facial features so I'm like my body will let people know 
I don't know. So yeah, it feels good though. I think there's still insecurities, you know, I have around like one of my stomachs to be smaller, right? We all want that ratio 24, what is it? 36, 24, 48, something like that. You know, I want that ratio. But for me, it's like, I feel confident um, most days and comfortable and just like, I started to buy things I really like in terms of like lingerie and just things that make me feel good. So in my body, I feel confident because I'm like, I'm embracing it. Mm. Come on now, embrace it. The good people, if you didn't hear, press the rewind button, get into it. Because <laughs> I think that is key for us to recognize, like there are some days you're not going to like what you see in the mirror. That's just, yeah, you know, it's probably very rare for Beyonce to do that. But it's probably, you know, she, <laughs> she right. probably, you know, she probably be in the mirror like, oh, Blue is going to cuss me out about these <laughs> I don't need my little manager going off but I appreciate <laughs> you saying that because I think that therefore centers the conversation again about us having the choice to have our bodies but for you 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 work in social media advertising and marketing that can be a very harsh area when it comes to body image we have mm-hmm. seen it in promotions when we think about like modeling you never really see or have seen in the past a lot of plus size or bigger bodies you know even talking to your husband about you know being in this industry and how you know at first it's like well y'all talking about me like y'all want me to come through and it's mm-hmm. like yes do it you know you're you're able to be this viral sensation which I did see a lot of people ask the question like is he married and when I seen that he was married and then to the woman he was married I was like bet shout out to the thick sisters we out here getting it <laughs> We out here getting money. We appreciate y'all. But for you, being in this type of field and even having a husband who's also embarking in this type of field, how do you navigate that? Like, did you have to deal with these certain things of second guessing yourself, knowing you weren't going to see your image? How did you infiltrate yourself in such a field where you are putting yourself on a public platform, knowing that they like sometimes talk about us? Yeah, well, first off, I've been blogging since I was 21, 20, yeah, 20 years old. So eight years and I've always loved taking pictures. I guess I've always had just a confidence about myself just coming from my parents, you know, affirming me and just like, you're beautiful, you know, and me growing up, like I'm the stuff, you know, whether I look back and I'm like, well, okay, I had some moments, you know, but I always have felt just confident in my skin. And I think for me being really on social media, I've grown you know, from being skinny, six figure, whatever, to being thick. I don't consider myself plus size. When I first got here, I was like, babe, am I plus size? Like, am I, you know, like, did I get, you know what I mean? Because you go, it goes to your mind, like, okay, plus size. Does that mean I'm fat? Do people think I look big? And then I saw people saying in the comments, like, oh my God, like, is she thick too? Or she big? Too? I'm like, hold on. I never considered myself plus size. So I think on one hand, I always felt confident. So with that experience with him going viral and then me, you know, just being on his arm, it did make me kind of look a little deeper at myself. Like, hold on, do I need to lose some weight? But I think overall being on social media, there's a lot of conversations that I get to have with women who maybe don't feel good about the way they look, but then I can affirm them in that way and say, you are beautiful, or even just not feeling confident in their content or what they're doing. And I like to use social media as a tool to encourage and affirm women um, to keep being the boss that they are no matter what they look like or whatever they feel if they feel like it was good enough or not you know like you can always keep going you can always keep pushing and you can transform your body you can transform your business like we have so much power that we forget about all the time you know the fact that you even brought up the experience of saying whoa am I plus size because we know the negative connotations that comes with bodies that look like ours we know that there's this 
this challenge, this idea that we shouldn't be excited for who we are. If we do hear certain words, that should be a trigger for us to change ourselves. But you mentioned, you know, your family, your parents being supportive saying, hey, you know, we think you're beautiful. We think we are gorgeous. And a lot of us don't hear that growing up. I know for me personally, a lot of my critique about the way that I look came from the people I lived with. Like those were the people who said at first, if I was going out to the club with my friend, let me see what you got on. It's like, grandma, I ain't about to dress. You know, I'm an old lady at heart. I'm not about to go out here with everything hanging out, but I did want a little bit of the top of the boobs hanging out. I want somebody to speak to me, grandma, but okay. (laughs) Somebody, Somebody, just somebody come by and be like, them are nice. I'm be like, thank you, keep moving. Because I'm probably drinking half of Pine Patron. But that's another story. That's a lot of information today. But I guess my next question for you is, you know, even though you are in this space, being on social media, blogging since your early 20s and being able to, you know, navigate this space, you talk about this um, empowerment. Talk more about your brand and how you use social media to empower women as you continue to like be on your own journey to discover out who you are. That's a good question. Specifically, women empowerment is the heart of everything I do. And I consider that my ministry. So whether I'm sharing an outfit post and I'm talking about how to style a piece or I'm sharing a quote and it's like, this is something that really resonated with me because here are ways to get out of your own head. A lot of times when I'm speaking to my social media clients um, that I'm coaching, they feel like what they're doing isn't enough or it's not good enough or... Um, I used to host women empowerment brunches pre-COVID and a lot of the conversation was centered around finding that confidence or that cheerleader. And so I recognize there's a need for women of color specifically to see other women of color bossed up. Even if you never speak to me or you never slide in my DMs, you just seeing my presence of being confident in who I am as a influencer, whatever, social media strategist, as a wife, as a believer, I think that encourages people and women empowerment is just important because men they don't need that I mean they need validation in different ways but I would say they don't necessarily need another man to tell them good job to feel like they're great at what they're doing or they don't need to see another man go through that door to do it because most of the men like I'm gonna just do it because I'm a man and that's just what I do you know and I feel like as women we don't always carry that same confidence or assurance that we can do anything we set our mind to so that's why my brand is centered on women empowerment I want to take a moment to go a little bit deeper into this women empowerment. Um, I will forewarn you and probably everybody who hangs around me. I don't know where this overthinking came from, but it happened because of school. Because, you know, at one point they just like, learn this, tell us what it is. Then once you kind of keep going, you start like unpacking, like, what does she mean by that? So I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to be an FBI agent in this moment. This is just the way my mind thinks. But I remember pre-COVID for like two, three years, women empowerment, seminars, brunches, get-togethers were booming. And I can't wait till we get back to that point because that's definitely something I want to tap into more because it's like cool to do a podcast, but to be in a room full of people, you know, um, has a different experience. So for you, I'm asking this next question slash scenario, bringing it up because I heard so many women complaining. They were saying, you know, we have these empowerment brunches. We have all these women here who are getting paid, who it looks good on social media, the cute little gift bags. But at the end of the day, these women are not easy to approach. And I think people have to also recognize if you have thousands of followers, I can't answer everybody. It's not that I'm choosing not to, but this is why I'm having these events so we can talk more face-to-face and you can get to know me better. But in your opinion, what 
what can we do to make better women empowerment brunches or events? Because a lot of women felt like, you know, I pay this money, I leave out the room and I have nothing except keep your head up, sis. And it's like, yeah, I'm already doing that. Like, what can people offer or what do you offer to get people more engaged to actually make change in their life? Yeah, that's a really good question. I like how you positioned it because I have been to events where I felt like that as well. Um, Been around people who have million followers and then you see them and they don't say hi they have a bodyguard escort them to the front and when they're done speaking they're off the stage but I think you kind of have to gauge who's throwing an event so for me when I put my brunches together it started out as little as an idea Facebook post it's like let me just get some emails of people who'd be interested 30 people the next one was I think 50 then the one after that was like 100 women and so it just kind of grew organically And the way I feel like they're different is because it's not about Jasmine Diane. It's not my show. I host the brunch, but I invited panelists. And then we have group discussion, which was a little bit harder in a big room. But literally, I don't care how many people I have. There's like a fishbowl effect. And so it's like, okay, what are questions that you have around business? Uh, When we talked about family and dealing with juggling family and your personal values. And this was before I was even married. I I think we're engaged at the time, but we talked about that and just making people feel like they're important when they come in, always hugging every guest, pre-COVID, post-COVID, I don't know, but always hugging every guest, you know, greeting them at the door, treating everybody with a smile, having my family there to bring their energy and a smile. And it's just like, I don't know. I think there's a certain vibe and a certain spirit that I carry that made people feel welcome or like they knew me at brunches to where it was different. But I think what women can do who are hosting these events is make them interactive. Don't make it a panel and people can't ask questions or if they wanna ask a question, they have to come up to a mic. Have breakout sessions, let people speak and don't look for speakers who just have a bunch of followers. Do they have people skills? What the heck? Do they have something to say? And is what they're saying helpful and actionable. I saw this quote, it was like, you know, sister's telling us how she had $200,000 in sales, but she's not telling us her drug dealer boyfriend in front of her business. So things like that, like be honest, I feel like about your story too. Like that's empowering to see, okay, maybe you did have help, that's fine, but be real about it. And I think that's what's missing, especially in bigger cities. It's like, People aren't being honest about how they got to where they are. So then you leave empty or frustrated because it's like, I'm doing those five generic things she said to do to grow and to build myself, but I'm not seeing results. But when you're authentic and real, like I started from the bottom, I came from this, I came from that. And here are some tools I use. Here are some people, some relationships I built, some favors that were passed to me that helped me get to where I am. Then it makes your story more believable. And then somebody is empowered because they're like, okay, I can draw parallels from what she did in her story to what I'm doing in my story. Mm. I, I mean, there was a lot of gems there. So <laughs> we are recording people listen, find it. But I think that is true. I think the one thing um, you mentioned is that energy. And I definitely picked that up as like immediately, like, you know, someone who's not going to come in and feel super Hollywood. You know, I always try to give the benefit of the doubt that usually people who are super, super Hollywood came from absolutely nothing. 
and they probably seen a lot of people turn on them a lot of people be friendly and I get that aspect but at a certain age you're just gonna have to know who has access and who don't you know I sometimes I watch my phone ring and I watch it not be picked up either and then I move on with my day because I know exactly what kind of trauma what could it trigger anxiety like and no one has time for that you know some people deal with it a little bit more extreme than others so it's just about that balance but something you said about like the hugging and the embracing I'm a hugger by by nature I don't know where it came from I remember the first time I tried to give a professor a hug because I was just like you know it was just my personality like I'm not coming up slow rubbing your back I'm just like hey sis come here get, get some of this love that I'm trying to pass out she's like oh I don't hug and that was the moment in life I think one of the reality bubbles got popped for me in a certain way that I was just like, oh, bet, all right, everybody don't deserve your energy. Because no matter how genuine you're coming across, it could come off negative, which makes me kind of bring the, the conversation of size back to the center. A lot of times, especially Black women and women of color who are bigger, more specifically, Black women are many, mammified. And it's like, you're supposed to be the servant. You're supposed to be loving because you're bigger. You're supposed to be embracing. We can't have confidence the same way a smaller body could or a curvier body could. We can't have the same, you know, um, selection of partners if there's out there. We are always limited. So do you feel like in your line of work or in your life because of size in any capacity, you've had to deal with some of that tension of having to exist on such a public platform, but having people also have these preconceived notions about the way you show up because of size. I guess I never, I never considered my size. I don't know if that's privileged, but I never considered my size in anything I did. You know, maybe getting dressed for shoots, and I talked about that on my podcast to um, shameless plug the my girl stories podcast check it out but I talk about dealing with I guess body image of like gaining weight but not necessarily feel like that's a barrier that's just something internal that I had to work through versus I feel like society or social media standards or anything pressed on me or told me I couldn't do something that's fair though and uh, the reason why I ask this question is because one this podcast is not to generalize everybody everybody's experience who is you know, who identifies with what the mission of this um, platform is, it's not the same. And that's what I, I appreciate the authenticity because it teases out more who's experiencing what things. It may be due to a plethora of things. One, maybe because you didn't think about it or two, where you live at doesn't give you the same responses other cities might give. You know, if this was me living in, you know, New York or LA and I'm trying to be in the same industry, a couple years ago, that would have been a problem. It would have been like, you know, yeah, you got the talent, but it's just something about this image. Because I think about how so many women have come into the industry and we've lost those potential curvy or plus size icons because they were forced to lose weight. You know, I think about a Jennifer Hudson. She came in, they immediately was like, one, you have a deeper soulful voice. That's not going to pick up as popular as you know, a higher pitch range like a Beyonce. So now what are we going to do to fix this? Because it's only so many dream girls we can make. Like, you're not going to be casting everything. You know, we think about the Jordan Sparks that came in a little bit bigger. Those are icons who could have been representative of day-to-day -day people, but because of the industries they were in, they were forced out. So I appreciate your authenticity with that answer because a lot of people don't have to experience that. And then a lot of people do, but we don't know until we ask, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. As we move forward, you know, you have the famous bay that is floating around the internet and yes. i don't want you know you know i don't want this to turn into let's always just talk about bay session but i wonder how that experience is when you now have 
you know, a lot of women at one point in time did not give bigger men the, the chance unless they had the money, like the big puns, the um, Biggie Smalls, the Rick Ross, that they had to have that kind of mentality around them. Whereas on this end, it's just like, oh, we just like you because you straight up in Fenty underwear and you look good. <laughs> How do you handle that? Like, what was the moment when you when you seen it go viral, when you had to have this conversation, also knowing that the Internet is a wild place. So you have to be very <laughs> cautious and careful because you might have to hurt somebody. No, it's all love. It's all love. I I find it really crazy because my husband has always been so fine to me. Like literally, I was just like, okay, so y'all finally catching up. Big brother's been on my, you know, he's been fine. He's been dressing nice, smelling good. Take care of me. Okay. You know, all the things. So for me, it was kind of just like, first I was shocked, like, wait a minute, what's happening? You know, we laying in bed. He gets his sex like, bro, look. And then from there, it just, you know, life kind of changed. But it's been a wild ride. It's been exciting. There have been some moments where some sweets, I'm like, maybe if I can just get her locations. But he always <laughs> affirms me. <laughs> he always affirms me in those moments, too. And it's also been a lot of love. People are like, okay, Black love, young Black love. Okay. So, no, I think it's been a dope moment. And I'm happy to celebrate him, too, because when we met, he was a photographer. And now to see his evolution, photographer, stylist, model, brand consultant, like he's such a multifaceted person. And to see him go viral and get that praise, I feel like he was just so worthy of and deserving of, it makes me happy. So, yes. Listen, okay, listen, let me cry my tears. <laughs> I'm a couple bay of like, listen, we are goals. It might not be to everybody, but I just heard this wonderful story and we can see those, you know. Um, <laughs> I think that's amazing. And the reason why I ask that is because, you know, again, there has been the positive, but usually what's promoted is the negative narratives when it comes to relationships, especially around black love, which people say, what's the difference between, you know, any other love and black love? But it's like when you think about the historical context of how these families have been ripped apart from they, you know, they don't tell the story pre-slavery, but they always want to start it at slavery and not recognize the kings and queens that we have. We don't have mm-hmm. the people that show us stuff. We only see the slavery part where they've been ripped apart and then the industrial prison complex and, you know, civil rights and I'm all out of order, but y'all get the point. Um, some of the school is paying off. Listen, y'all, y'all better listen while I'm giving it to y'all. Because <laughs> that hundred thousand they trying to get out of me, you don't want it. But <laughs> I, I say that to you to say, you know, I, I can understand the struggle that comes with that because it's like you get so much love, but at the same time you have people who are like, I have an interest now. I want, I, no matter what's going on around him, I have this interest. And then also because certain body types have been pushed to the side, you know, at one point in time, you know, Stephen Wonder went viral. At one point in time, you know, you get to a certain point, bodies like ours are not celebrated and married in the same way. So how do you continue to navigate, even with his, you know, him reaffirming you, how do you navigate those spaces when you know, you got people who will come from all sides to take away the happiness that you do have. Yeah, well, I think people only have the power and energy you give them, and I'm not giving them none of it. So we good. We good over here. Jasmine Green, that's my name. And, you know, aside from him affirming me, I think we just, our, us, our connection, our marriage, our world, in terms of day-to-day, nothing changed. So I think it would be different if he was somebody who's arrogant or somebody who was like, now, now what you going to do to keep me, you know, but that's not his vibe. That's not his, you know, 
that's just not him at all so i think again just dealing with the negative i read i might read, read the comments you know when things were peaking just to see because i was curious you know like what do people see um and you know there was some hate out there or whatever but it's all good and that's cool because like you said what are you gonna do to keep me certain or what are you gonna do to keep me from leaving okay <laughs> there's the truth <laughs> my man girl <laughs> But she like, I, I'm happy. Well, I, I am extremely happy. You know, I continue to hope and pray that everything within that situation, it's just social media can be very toxic. We've lost a lot of moments this year, but then we also revealed a lot of things that we thought were going like racial issues and different mm -hmm. climates around different particular identities. We see that's not going anywhere. So keep, keep the faith alive. We're praying for you over here. We ain't worried about <laughs> praying for you the saints you. praying for y'all <laughs> <laughs> thank you listen always one of like as we kind of curve toward the end of the interview you talked about getting your education in the fashion industry and because we only see certain types represented you know if they make plus size clothing or clothing for curvier women say either all spandex or that one shirt that look like a moo moo and me my grandma and my mama got it so you know it's, it's a whole situation did you notice anything in the industry where you could see yourself helping to improve to make more fashionable things for us or like what was the conversation when it came to making clothes for bigger body for men and women and even those outside of the gender binary yeah, so my degree is in fashion merchandising and marketing. So actually marketing the clothes, not design, but I would say as a shopper and a consumer, I'm between straight sizes and plus sizes. And so that to me is a very untapped market, that size between like a 10 and a 14, because a 12 on the straight size end and a 12 on the plus size end is two different 12s. So I think there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done in the fashion industry as it relates to consumer goods, even jeans and like, what does curvy really look like for a white woman versus a black woman? It's just completely different. And the thighs, the thigh gap, the booty, the pudge in the front, you know what I'm saying? Like the little part that sweat a little bit, like all of that, I feel like it's untapped. And so as a I consume fashion but that's something I just look at I'm like all the LA boutiques I'm like that stuff is cute but I need about a yard more of fabric for that to work for me so I think there's a frustration and attention but we're seeing an emergence of local designers small boutiques custom cutting sewn pieces that are starting to fill that gap so to change the narrative these big box retailers have to look from the ground up and start to create content and be more fashionable and be more nimble and are quicker in those processes from getting things from factory to market. But it also takes consumers who are willing to say something and to use their platform, whether they're everyday people like you and I, celebrities, influencers, people saying like, we want to look good too. Like my husband talks about that all the time. Like I want to look good too. I don't want to just be able to wear basics, you know, because I'm plus size. I don't want to just wear one way. One way I do get pissed off, excuse me, is bras because I have big chest. And I'm like, I don't want to just wear new black and white. And so there are a lot of holes, I think, in our industries really across the board as it relates to bigger, in quotations, bodies. There's a lot of work to do. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Well, I definitely think that's important, even from a different aspect to say, how do we get from, you know, just everyday people and celebrities talking about that. But I think 
is going to have to be a place where we know where those outlets are using our resources. You know, for example, you have a degree in this area, you're doing your own podcast, you have a platform. So I think the more and more people see us creating a following, us saying certain things out there, I think we can make that change. So we're going to root for you, you you know, keep us out there, keep us in your name. girl (laughs) (laughs) so as we wrap up you know it's always that piece of advice that people kind of look for what is that tangible thing we can walk out we learned from you today that you have done work within the blogging industry for a plethora of years you've done women empowerment branches you've done this extra work that has made shifts and change for us so what is that piece of advice you have for people who are listening who are who are afraid to use their consumer voice. They're afraid to step up to that plate or they just may not know how because everybody might not be afraid, but they may just be lost in some kind of capacity. So what advice can you offer them? I'm a talker, so I can have go off on a tangent with a lot of the advice, but the main thing is getting your thoughts from out of your head and onto paper. And that's for business, that's for um, self-esteem or identity a lot of times what we're overthinking about it it keeps playing in our mind because we haven't wrote it down like in your mind I'm like dang I look big but you're not gonna write out dang I look big you know you're not gonna continually write that out and so once you do check that thought and you get it out on paper then it's like okay let's exit out and reaffirm it and so that anytime you have that thought that comes into your mind it's like "Mm -mm, nope I'm not going that way I'm going to make myself go right. And I think that's how we begin to shift the culture and change our own lives. Like I literally had to say, I'm going to be successful. I didn't come from a background of money, but I make decent money, you know? And so I had to make my mind up that I wasn't going to allow circumstances around me to deter what was inside of me because God created greatness when he created me. You know, he put greatness in me. He put power and authority in beauty and glory and all those things and so you have to get to a point where you're okay with being in that identity of who you are of who God says you are and then you can start to shift your mind and your focus but if you don't take that that power of your thoughts you won't be able to move because I can tell you all day long you're going to be successful this PhD is going to pay off you're going to you know be a millionaire you're going to change the trajectory of your future generations based on these conversations you're having with women but if you don't believe that it's not going to happen so again just getting those thoughts from out of your head onto paper and really changing your thought process that's the advice I will leave you with and just know that no matter what the circumstance is you are not the only one going through something. You're not the only one who is dealing with insecurities or stress or anxiety or depression or even suicidal thoughts. You're not the only person in that place. So talk to other people and again, get it from the inside to the outside because that stuff will kill you if you hold it in. So, Oh, listen, I didn't bring a bag big enough for all them gems you just dropped, okay? <laughs> this, you woo. No, but I think it's, it's definitely important. I definitely think that what you said is worth taking a moment and giving it silence, letting it breathe in the moment. And if you need to rewind and re-listen to that, because this is someone who has not only seen someone grow in their life to get through these different mediums and different heights, but also working to grow themselves to get through Mm -hmm. these different mediums and heights. Because a lot of times people, you know, want to get it in one moment. But I remember reading a quote, or someone told me a quote that an overnight success was 10 years in the making. And when I 
And I was like, ooh, 10. So I'm already at like six and a half. So, <laughs> so let me see what this works out. But, you know, a lot of times there are a lot of people who will get it in an instant, go viral, and that will be a blessing. And it's about how you cultivate that moment because something I always remember growing up, hearing it from, you know, my pastor in church, hearing it from other just elderly individuals, season, let me call them season. I'm sorry, people. Elderly. Um, Listen, I don't want the I don't want the seasoned saints to come find me because you know I am a, too a premature seasoned saint. Um, but just hearing them say, you know, nothing lasts long when it happens quick. You know, because just as fast you'll get it, you'll lose it. So I think hearing that from more and more individuals who have a presence on social media who have navigated these spaces is important. So I appreciate you for that advice, and I hope people really took the time to listen to that. But before we go, please do a plug. Tell us how we can find you, where we can listen to you. What's all the great stuff that the listeners can tune in to keep up with you, Mrs. Green? Yes, thank you, thank you. So I am at the Jasmine Diane everywhere on social, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, Pinterest, YouTube, you name it. It's at the Jasmine Diane. Um, my website is jasmindiane.com. You can keep up with any events I'm hosting there, any merchandise, any blog posts, any new podcast episodes. I'm just always sharing everything out through my site. So just head to jasmindiane.com. Leave me a comment. Let me know you listen. And thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been amazing. So thank you for having me. No problem. I thank you for being here. For all of our listeners, if there is anything you miss, there's always blessing in the rewind button and also blessing in the blocking button. So if you have to use either one, um, please feel free to take that word and move on with it. Again, I thank y'all for tuning in. I hope that you have learned. I hope that you understand that the journey is definitely worth it, but you have to stay consistent. You have to make sure that you find value within it because if you place anything else in that way, nobody's going to see the vision you have for yourself in those ways. So again, this has been your girl, Suge. I thank y'all for tuning in. And as always, remember, remember, remember to continue to flourish and your plus size magic and take care.